in Luke chapter one, we got this amazing prophecy about the young child born to Elizabeth and uh, Zacharias called John. We've got amazing prophecies about him, which we've looked at before. And I'm just going to pick a few things about that in chapter one, if you turn with me to verse 13. We just want to look at the prophecy, not in details, but just to pick one or two things there from verse 13. But the angel said to him, to his dad, Zachariah, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great. Hallelujah. He will be great. In the sight of the Lord. This boy will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers uh, to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Here we find a prophetic declaration concerning the young man, John. This young man was born to grow, to become great in the sight of the Lord and to accomplish certain things. Then you go to, you go further, down to verse 76. Verse 76 tells us and say, and you child will be called the prophet of the highest. You, this child, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So, this is where I'm going. The child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the desert or the wilderness till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Hallelujah. I want us to look at the context here in which the scripture has described manifestation. 
whilst I'm not trying to do a long exposition on this passage, but it gives us a picture of how people are born and how they come into manifestation. Hallelujah. Like we have said before, every child of God, every, everyone is born. Let me even use everyone. Everyone is born with a destiny to fulfill. Everyone who, whom God has brought into this world has been born with a clear destiny to fulfill in this life. Hallelujah. If every parent can listen to God, if every parent can hear God, you will discover that every of your, each and every one of your children has a specific destiny over their lives to fulfill. This is a challenge for every parent. And coming even to our own lives, if you can pay attention to God, if you can pay attention to the Holy Spirit, you will discover that you have come into this world with a specific mandate over your life, with a destiny to accomplish. Hallelujah. I'll be it. Let's quickly say this. I'll be it. Several people will pass through this world without fulfilling the destiny that God has for them. And that is the danger. There's a prophetic destiny over every life. Because no one has come into this world as an accident. It doesn't matter how you were born, planned or unplanned. God has a purpose for you. He has predestined each of us for something just as we can see John here. I know I said this when I was ministering to the youth the other time, but it's good to emphasize it again, even to those of us who are adults. Our first job in this world is to find out what is that? Is to discover what is it that I've been born for? This boy, his destiny was to become great in the sight of God. And I can hear God say that is exactly the way it is for everyone born into the kingdom. If you think I'm lying, turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. In Matthew chapter 11, I want you to quickly see what happened there. Jesus was talking and he was talking about John, this great one, but look at it. The scripture has this to say. Um, if you go to, okay, if you go to verse 12, it says, and from the days 
No. Let's turn a little backward. Verse 11. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Do you see a man fulfilling the destiny of God over his life? When you look at, compare him to his contemporaries, compare him to people around him. Jesus said, the ones before him, the ones who are his contemporaries, said there's no one who has been born greater than John. So working in that prophetic destiny that was upon his life. Is that clear to you? Is that apparent to all of us here? Yes. Look at what happened next. And from the days of John, sorry, sorry. But he who is least, the smallest in the kingdom of heaven, that is in the kingdom of God, to which we belong, is greater than he. Hallelujah. Each of us who has come into the kingdom of God is actually meant to express a greater, a greatness that is greater than John. Hallelujah. As New Testament saints born into the kingdom through our Lord Jesus Christ, each of us will have a destiny of greatness in the sight of God, even greater than John. Is this point clear? Because we have to discover this. We will not understand what manifestation of the sons of God is about if we don't understand this truth about our lives. If John was described as the greatest, and Jesus is saying here that those of us who have come into the kingdom, even the least of us, is greater than John, then there's something Special about that, isn't it? There's something to cherish in the second birth that, that has brought us into the kingdom and declared us sons of God, children of the Most High God. There is something in it for us. It is no religious terminology. No, it is not just a religious terminology to say I'm born again. That's what it has become. But it is not supposed to be so. There is something about this. Hallelujah. And each and every one of us must aspire to that, to that greatness that God has called us into in the kingdom by making us his children. That's the first point I want to make this morning. Amen. Then we press on from there, going back to that story of John the Baptist. Then there was a description of things that this boy will accomplish as part of attainment of that greatness. So the second point I want to make this morning is this. Greatness is not just described in terms of potentials for greatness. It is described in terms of actual expression of greatness by the things that will be done. We have come to a time when we have a theology that just accepts the truth without seeking the expression of the truth. 
It's a dangerous place to be. Hallelujah. That is, we say things, let me explain what I mean by that. We say things, we actually believe that they are for us, but we never desire to live up to them. We are happy to recite them to ourselves, but there's no desire inside of us to say that is attainable, that is achievable, that is something that must be accomplished. And I think that's the challenge our Christianity has. The Christians who shook their world, they truly believe it, believed it, that they are meant for great things on earth. They are meant to attain greatness. Hallelujah. And they went for it. They saw it, they went for it. They wanted it to be actualized. Brothers and sisters, each of us must begin to yearn to see the greatness of God actualized in our lives. Whatever that is, is going to come in diverse ways for diverse people. But each of us must decide and say, look, in the sight of God, I must achieve the greatness that God has for me. There's no small destiny for anyone in the kingdom of God. When you accomplish the purpose of God for your life, God will count it as greatness. It will be seen that as greatness. You may not necessarily occupy the pulpit. That's not what you're talking about. But it will be clear that the greatness of God has been seen in your life, in my life. Hallelujah. That was, that's a great woman, a great woman of God. I'm not just talking about this kind of titles around. I'm, I'm talking about realities of it. We might, dis, we might describe this later, but what I'm simply saying is this. Greatness in the sight of God is actually within the context of the destiny that God has for you to fulfill. That is the point here. And may each of us desire to attain to this in Jesus' name, that nothing limits us in the name of Jesus. Then when you go down to verse 76 of that passage we're just reading just now, in Luke chapter one, you will discuss something there. He said, you child will be called the prophet of the most high. You child will be called. You child, there'll be a time when you will be called the prophet of the most high God. Is that, is that clear? The prophet. You, this little boy, will grow up to that point where you begin to do things that will make people look at you and say, this is a prophet of God. Hallelujah. So, which means we are talking about coming to a point of expression, a point where what is destiny is about begins to be expressed by him. 
Hallelujah. He begins to live according to the prophetic utterance over his life. Then people will identify him when they see what he is doing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And we saw, as we're going on then, again, there was, uh, there is here an elaboration on what he will actually do. Then we went to, we got to verse 80. So the child grew, the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his manifestation to Israel. The child upon whom there is a prophetic destiny grew and he began to live out of the prophetic destiny that was upon his life. Hallelujah. He began to live in the fullness, in the, in the reality of what had been spoken over him. This brings me to the point where I'm going this morning. And that is in trying to help us to understand what manifestation of songs is about. The manifestation of songs of God. What is it about? If you just look at it here, you will see a child was born. A child had his destiny to fulfill. A child grew to that point. He went through different stages of life. He came to that point where what was spoken about him that looked abstract became a reality for all to see. Hallelujah. Amen. It wasn't just something theoretical now. It wasn't just something that is in the abstract. It becomes a reality that others could touch, others could see, others could experience. Hallelujah. He said many will rejoice because he was born. And he came to that. It wasn't just because on his, bed, on his naming ceremony, people just came and they are happy. Yes, people will have done that. But even greater than that, happened to him. He began, his life began to touch the lives of people. His life began to do, to touch people in reality. Are you following me? He began to change the landscape of his own time in a tangible way that brought joy to the heart of many. Do we get this point we are making? And the same thing concerning each of us. Our manifestation is about coming to that moment where we begin to express, to live in the reality of the destiny that we carry in Christ Jesus. The pattern song. Hallelujah. The pattern song. Amen. So manifesting is about living out. 
It's about expressing. That which we have been predestined even to accomplish on this planet Earth. Hallelujah. The word manifestation, if you want to look at it even grammatically, is about the unfolding of that which is hidden. It's about the, the, the expression of hidden innate ability, qualities, nature, things that are hidden inside of a person. It's about living out the potentials that a man or a woman carries inside of him. People can say he has potential for this, but you know that not every potential that everyone has ever comes to reality, to, to, to manifestation. There are people who carry great potentials in them, but they never, never live up to it. Is that not correct? But manifestation of sons of God is about living out the true potential, the true nature of God that we carry. Which are yet hidden, even now. Hallelujah. That is what it is. Bringing us into the reality of what we have been predestined for in Christ Jesus. That is what it is. And that is what is going to bring blessing to the creation that are waiting. Amen. And I'm praying that each of us will begin to desire to live in the reality of the truth of who we are and what we have been predestined to accomplish in this life, in Jesus' name. So at the end of the day, yes, we are talking about manifestation of songs, but at the end of the day, we may discover that it's going to boil down to individuals, what they do with their own lives. There are songs that will never come to manifestation, even though they have everything to manifest. May that not be the story of any one of us in Jesus' name. I repeat again, and I say this with what Paul would say, fear and trembling. That the Lord... will help us, that none of us will live without coming into the manifestation of that for which we have been born in Jesus' name. Our destinies are likely hidden, isn't it? Hidden until you leave it out. Our potentials are hidden until it is lived out. No 
No one knows what you, no one knows what is in you until you express it. No one knows what each of us we are capable of until we express it. But that is the purpose for which we are here. That someone, somewhere, may rejoice and be glad that you were born. That some communities, some people, some places may rejoice that you were born, that you have come into the kingdom. At such a time as this. Hallelujah. I know this is bringing us to sober reflection. But it has to boil down to that. That regardless of your age, young or old, there is something yet still hidden in you that must come to manifestation. How to express it will come to that short, you know, at another time. But in each and every one of us, it's a destiny waiting to be fulfilled. That is the point. May all of us go back, each and every one of us go back and say, Lord, show me more about what I meant to accomplish here. When we discover that, we then know what grace we need to, to draw from God for the accomplishment of it. Hallelujah. And as I begin to round up somewhere, we are going to go to Romans 8 now. And I'm going to highlight something I was struggling to do last week, but couldn't just get to. I'm going to highlight something there. Drawing from that Luke 180. And the child grew. The child grew. And we're going to be looking at something in that Romans 8 that is interesting on which I will be trusting God that others will build. Go to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. Because there seems to be a word, a word that God doesn't seem to be tired of telling us. And that's what we're going to see quickly. If you go to Romans chapter 8. Now, I'm going to pick it quickly from verse 12 for context, because there's something there. Therefore, brethren, or brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh or the dictates of the flesh. 
For if you live according to the flesh or the dictates of the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death or mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. For, let's take note of this, as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with, sorry, with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. I'm going to stop there, pause there quickly. You will discover that in verse 14, talks about for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Correct. The word sons used there is a specific word. And by the time you get to verse uh, 16, then talks about children of God. What I just want to tell us here is this. In this passage of the Bible, we have two words used to describe people born of God here. The first one, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Greek word, I, don't, I wouldn't know how to pronounce it well, but it is spelled H-U-I-O-S, son, son. It carries a mark of maturity. It carries a mark of outward expression of the qualities of a son matured, hallelujah. It is not exactly the same thing as the one in 16. The plural is H-U-I-O-I, Uoi, Uhoi, or Uos, Uios. They are, it's, a, it's, it's more of one who is living out the nature of a son, nature of a father. Hallelujah. The one who is beginning to express the nature that he carries. Amen. As opposed to someone, because the first part talked about is about those who follow the dictates of the flesh. So, which means to come to sonship, something must be done in terms of how we live. Amen. Anyone who must come, who must become matured as sons, one who is living out of, who is making an expression of the nature of the carriage. Are you following me? Something must happen. There must be a way of living 
Amen. A distinction in the way of living. As many as are led, you cannot come to manifestation as son, attain the level we are talking about as son of sonship, where there is no leading of the spirit. Amen. There must be a working in the spirit. The child, the child grew and became strong in the spirit. Are you following me? There are fleshly natures that will hinder our growth, our manifestation of the true nature of God in us. That is the point I want us to take there. Amen. That is why anyone who must come to manifestation and express the nature of, nature of God in them must know what it means to mortify, <laughs> to surrender to death. Amen. The deeds of the flesh. You remember we were talking on Friday and people were talking about things they used to do. And God is saying, no, that is not correct. You will see what God is building us to there. God is taking away that which hinders growth into sonship so that the true nature of God may manifest in our lives. Manifestation is about simply expressing what is inside of you. And that's why John, which we read last week, was saying, in this, the son of the devil also are manifested. It's a nature, expression. When you live out of what is inside of you, you are manifesting. Amen. For those of you who have been in deliverance ministry before, who have witnessed deliverance ministry, said that person is manifesting. What they are simply saying is this. We didn't know this bit about this individual until this moment when they are now displaying things you never thought they had. Hallelujah. Can you see this? And that's why none of all of us must know how to follow the leading of the spirits and not walk according after the flesh. Hallelujah. It's a, it's a technical thing because you can never produce the fruit after the spirit if we live according to the flesh. That is the point. By the time you get to Galatians chapter five, this becomes very clear, which I can't go into today. Do we get this point now? That's the first one. Then let's go to verse 16. Verse 16 says, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Talking about technon, no techna for plural, which we we're talking about the other time. That is just talking about an offspring of, one who carries the nature of. But the first word we use Huois or Uoi is more of an expression. The, the, the children is one who carry the potential. You have everything, everything, everything. You are legitimate as a child of God. You have everything. You are heirs already. You are joint heir with Christ. If children, then heirs, correct. Because everyone born into a family has been born into an inheritance, like Mark was saying on Friday. But not everyone live out the nature of the father, the true nature that they carry. This is where the, the problem is. Amen. So a process of growth or transition 
monster call between being born as a child of God into the kingdom and becoming a son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is the point we are making. None of us will live beyond how much we surrender to the leading of the spirit. Full stop. Amen. It has to be the only spirit working and manifesting himself in our lives. And the more of the spirit of God we allow in our life to lead, to guide, the more of God's nature we will express. The more brighter we will shine, we will manifest the glory of God. Hallelujah. I want to talk much about other process there because we're talking about suffering and glory. Again, you remember that on Friday, people were touching on that. But I'm not going to talk about that today. So there's a place for suffering in our maturity. In moving from just being a child to being a son, there is something there. Today, we are not talking about that. So, but the, where we are going is this, verse 19, for the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God or the manifestation of the sons of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sons of God. Not just talking about children of God. Sons of God. Matured children of God who are living out, who are living out the true nature that is of God, the divine nature that is in them, the yet undiscovered, the yet unseen, the yet hidden potentials of God that is inside of them for the blessing of creation, for the blessing of humanity. Hallelujah. That is that point there. Is the point I'm making clear this morning? There's another word used, which is not here used, but it's another word used that I just want to touch upon in describing child, children, and so on. It is called nepios, nepios. N-E-P-I-O-S, nepios. Nepios is actually a description of an expression as well, but of childishness. You may be a child without being childish. <laughs> Hallelujah. So childishness, I'm talking about, to, to make, I mean, to be serious about that, we are talking about a manifestation of childishness. 
Amen. Things that actually is the opposite of maturity. The way a child, childish attitude. We can be childlike, and God encourages us to be childlike, but not childish. All of us will go through it. There are, there are times when we were childish. Paul tells us that, and I'm going to read, that's the place I'm going to go as I close. So we must move from being nepios to becoming mature people of God. And I'm just going to go there to scripture. Maybe I should take Galatians 4 verse 1 first. Someone to read Galatians 4 verse 1 for me. You will see the word nepios used there. A child of God who remains nepios will not live any different from any other person in the world. Do you get that? Nepios. All of us must seek to outgrow childishness. And how do we do that? Surrenderance to God is the key. Surrenderance to the living of God. Surrenderance to the Holy Spirit. Rather than giving ourselves to live according to the dictates of the flesh, of what our you know, human tendencies want us to do, to giving ourselves to the leading of the Spirit of God is the key to our manifestation. Amen. Someone to just read that for me because we have to close somewhere here. Think of this way. If a, if a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young child, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything the father had. Amen. Think of it this way. Every child is an heir. But the heir, as long as it remains in a peers, will not be better than a slave. Amen. That's what that place is saying. May the Lord help us. Because even though we say we are joint heirs, our life may not be any different other than the slang we use from those who never knew Jesus. May that not be our heritage. May that not be our, our experience in Jesus' name. That even though we have, we are heirs, we have everything, yet we live, we pass through this world as though we were never born again at all. That doesn't mean we won't enter heaven, but it will just be that we never lived to our true potentials. We never lived in the fullness of the inheritance that God has given us on earth. Is this point clear? We'll continue from here another time by the grace of God. Paul said, when I was a child, I understand. Okay, maybe just that will help us so that we just see this transition I'm talking about and we close. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, when I was a child, hmm? when I was a child, Nepios, I spoke as a child, Nepios. I understand as a child, Nepios. I thought as a child, Nepios. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. If we must come to manifestation, there are childish things, childish tendencies, childish attitude, 
childish things that we must outgrow in our lives. And there are so many childish things that several of us will still carry. And it will hinder us from truly expressing the fullness of the nature of God that is inside of us. Let's bow down our heads as we just pray. Where are you? We are all children of God. Through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, we are children of God. We are children of God. Techna, we are, we all are, and we are yes. We have everything at our disposal. And we have been born for a purpose. The inheritance we have come into is for a purpose. But they remain abstract, except we grow, except we experience growth, except we learn how to surrender the flesh and following up the dictates of the flesh. And we begin to learn to walk in the spirit, growing in the spirit, that we may express both the, the fruit and the gifts of the spirit. Every attribute, every expression of childishness, we must begin to look at them, recognize them in our lives. I say, God, this must go. If I must truly become all that you want me to to be, the child must grow. This child must grow. This child must grow. That's the word God is not tired of telling us. Grow, grow, grow. I can hear God saying, say, grow. You are doing something, so I say, outgrow that now. Grow. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Let's continue this prayer in our different homes. God bless you all. Have a very great day. Amen. Amen. Amen.